Hello, this is Brenton Powers, and you're listening to Dwell on Truth. On today's show, I'm going to play the best of our last visit to the Flight 1080 show, which was in November, and also would like to announce that we'll be on the Flight 1080 show again on December 6th from 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. So if you'd like to call in to the live show, tune in on December 6th. So I hope you enjoy this recap and the highlights from the last show, and may God God bless you. Also, I want to thank Vining Delivery for sponsoring this show. So this is a short shout out. And one way you can thank them is by giving them a call at 831-521-7175. They've been word of mouth for the last 20 years, so they're not really needing more business, but they're happy to put it out there that they support this outreach. And I would recommend them for your moving and delivery needs. That's Vining Delivery at 831-521-7175. Our good friend Daniel Bodwin is joining us. We're going to be joined by Brenton Powers in just a minute or two here. Uh, Daniel, welcome aboard Flight 1080, and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing fantastic. Do I hear Brenton in the background? Yes, Brenton is here. He's good. just getting the board hooked up. Good. We're really happy to be back on board with you, Dave. Good. I'm glad to have you guys on. We always have fun. Yeah, we've enjoyed everyone. We really do like getting online. We enjoy spending time with you. We enjoy getting the calls from from the audience. It's just always a fun time for us. It really is. We appreciate the opportunity. Great. I, uh, I appreciate having you guys here now. Daniel Bodwin, you and Brenton work with OAC, right? This is Open Air yes. Campaigners, OACNorCal.org. And you guys also have a show that airs here on Sundays, correct? We do. We have the Dwell on Truth show, and that is Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. on this wonderful station, and we're really enjoying that. So yeah, we're going right now through the Gospel of John. The book that's recommended by a lot of Christians to people who aren't Christians or who are trying to learn about the Bible. We answer commonly asked questions, we deal with common objections, and we always love to hear from the audience, too, and what their questions are. I've listened to your guys' show a few times, and I think it's great, man. I think you guys get into uh, the topics in in depth. I think it's a great show. It's fantastic. So, uh, Brenton, what's going on? What's new? Oh, man. Weddings and funerals, apparently, for me, as a sound guy. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, I just, yeah, sorry I was late. I was doing a funeral for a, a uh, former fireman, uh-huh. and there were like 500 people there dressed in uh, uniform. Right. Yeah. You know, those things kind of get you choked up, even though I didn't know the, the man, yeah. his family yeah. there in the front row. For me, it was just a reminder of, you know, life is fragile, and they read something that he wrote saying, you know, appreciate your loved ones, spend time with them, enjoy it while you have it. Mm. And so it was very poignant. Um, it is. And the man apparently got saved in May of this year uh, through God. his Bible study group. That's awesome. So um, let's see. I, I kinda, oh, the book of John, you were saying that the book of John is the one that's mostly recommended. I think Daniel said that. I, is that the one that's before the book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles? The book of John, yeah, comes right before the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Okay. Don't get it confused with the letters of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Yeah. Those come near person, Revelation. Though. Okay. So, um, why is the book of John the, the one people recommend to start off with? Yeah, well, it's kind of a good summary statement of the of the life of Jesus. I mean, all of the Gospels are. But one of the reasons why John is good is because it focuses so much on who Jesus Christ is, which is really important. His identity is essential to Christianity. Like the, the Gospel of, of Luke is more almost academic. The Gospel of Matthew is written more toward Jews. The Gospel 
example of Mark is kind of a quick-firing summary statement. So John is best for that reason, I think. And the grammar that's used, the vocabulary is something that everyone can understand. Yeah, that's important. When people learn to read biblical Greek, they start in either the Gospel of John or 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John because it's it just uses a very simple vocabulary. It's meant for everybody. Mm. And it points out that Jesus is more than just a man. He's God. And it illustrates this and gives evidence of this and witnesses of this. So it's a really strong apologetic or defense for our faith. Mm -hmm. And I've heard countless stories of people that, like you, Dave, you read through the Old Testament, mm -hmm. no change in terms of becoming a Christian, but mm -hmm. when they get to John, oftentimes that's the book that is the clincher. was just listening to some videos, some, some testimonies, and one of them was from a guy who was uh, a Sikh and now who is now a Christian. And uh, Sikhism is kind of a, uh, a melding of, of some of the ideas of Islam and Hinduism, you know, started in northwestern India. But anyways, one of the things that he did when he started examining Christianity, he said he read the book of the Gospel of John specifically 22 times. Wow. <laughs> Just wanted to get his head wrapped around who Jesus Christ was. And that was a big part because he said, I, I came to Christ by reading the Bible. And I read the Gospel of John over and over and over again. And that was huge, huge influence for him. Hmm. You, you guys usually usually have a, a, a schedule of things to, to talk about, uh, a list of topics. Did you bring a list? We have a topic yeah. that I think was pretty fascinating. Okay. Yeah, something right. kind of fun, and that is... Uh, we've got a list of, of statements or a list of ideas, and we want to know whether you think they're in the Bible or not in the Bible. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of the language Christianese? No. Christianese. <laughs> so it's it's what you call when Christians talk to each other and they, they don't realize it, but we tend to learn a lot of biblical words, and then we use these words. But then there's other words that aren't really biblical. They just kind of become part of our vocabulary. I'll throw mm -hmm. a quick one out there. Okay. Like, let's pray for a hedge of protection as Dan <laughs> drives from San Jose to Monterey on Saturday. Yeah, that's a phrase that Christians would understand very clearly, but people outside of Christianity are like, huh? What does that mean? That's, a hedge that's of protection? Weird. A yeah. hedge of protection, like a bush. Like, yeah. that's really going to keep us from getting yeah. in a car accident. It, it's basically Christians' uh, way of saying we pray that you will be protected and safe while you drive. Yeah, right. But you know how different, different. Uh, I mean, different cultures, different, uh, different groups within our culture. You know, uh, Christians have a certain set of vocabulary. Football fans have a certain set of vocabulary. Mm -hmm. uh, video gamers have a certain vocabulary, mm -hmm. and you kind of, you know, have funky words that don't make sense to yeah. anybody outside that group. But rest assured, we try on our show not to use Christianese. Yeah. If we do use a theological word or biblical word that is not common use today. We'll try to define it. You know, I grew up in Santa Cruz until I was 17. I, I didn't read the Bible at all. I knew like one Bible verse, John 3.16. That's it. But I started learning about these biblical words and God gave me a hunger to know the truth and to know his word. They're powerful and sometimes they don't have a great English equivalent. That's why we say, for example, amen, which is a Hebrew word. It's hard to translate. It means so be it or truly or it's true or let it be. It has an element of truth. Mm -hmm. So amen is, you know, sometimes people say just as a, it's true. Like, I agree. Yeah, so we've got our own set of language. And then we also have phrases that have become part of the common language that have kind of made their way into the English language that a lot of the time people don't don't understand that yeah. it came from the Bible. And, and all of that's kind of interesting. Language is an interesting thing. You're going to give me a few examples, right, of things that, that we use that are yeah. from the Bible. Yeah we're, yeah, we're teasing it up, though, a little bit because Dan's <laughs> got to get his list. <laughs> no, right. I've got it. Lines are 
are open now. So while they are, let's let's talk about uh, Christianese. And you mentioned phrases that people think are in the Bible but are not. Yes. Get, guess what, Dave? Guess whether this phrase is in the Bible. Okay, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to quote exactly. You tell me whether this quote is in the Bible or not. All right. There is no God. There is no God. <laughs> What do you think? I, I don't think that is. And if it is, it might be from some disgruntled guy uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yelling at the, the followers. I don't think that's in the Bible, though. That's almost a trick question. Psalm 14.1, it says, The fool says in his heart, quote, There is no God, okay. end quote. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got that one wrong. I'm sorry. Wow. How about this one? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's from the Bible. I think so. I'll have to double check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, think, it's not even I think that's a proverb. Yeah. Yeah. Google it. That's how yeah, we'll they... find out. <laughs> Great way to find out what's in the Bible. Just Google it. <laughs> um, how about, Dan, you got one? Yeah. How about man does not live by bread alone? In the Bible or not in the Bible? It is in the Bible. That is in the Bible. That's right. Yeah. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's in there twice because Jesus quoted it. Yes. One of the things I find most fascinating about the Bible is how much you can find uh, things that we still use today. You meant you mentioned that, Brenton, mm-hmm. list of biblical words that we still use mm-hmm. today. And and uh, those are examples of phrases that I've heard and never knew they came from the Bible. So as mm-hmm. I'm reading them, I'm going, holy cow, look, I know that. And, yeah. and uh, th- that's like, kind of funny. By the, by the skin of my teeth. That's, that's not phrase. in the Bible. Yeah, yeah it is. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Some yes, people will be saved by the skin of their teeth. That is just barely. Yeah. <laughs> the per- casting pearls before swine. That's what Jesus I've, yes, talked I've about. That, yes. Not what we should not do. Um, eat, drink, and be merry. No, that's not in the Bible. That is in the Bible. That is in the Bible. That's from e- Ecclesiastes when Solomon was exploring what, what uh, life is like under the sun in the perspective. If there is no God, then all there is to enjoy is to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Wow. It's, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a depressing part of the book, but <laughs> in the end, it turns out good. Read Ecclesiastes. How about this? A land flowing with milk and honey? Mm, yes, that's in the Bible. Yes, it is. That's Canaan. A leopard can't change its spots? Am I stealing all of your thunder, Daniel? <laughs> nah, it's okay. <laughs> you are? Uh, no, that is not in the Bible. That is in the Bible. Golly. <laughs> that's talking about man's sinful nature. That's Jeremiah 13. Uh, oh. Nothing new under the sun? Uh, yeah, that is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw the writing on the wall. That is... Hmm. I don't, I'm going to say yes, that's in the Bible. Correct. That's in Daniel. There was literally a hand, a, a disembodied hand, writing on the wall. And tell me whether this is what they wrote or not. Weighed and fountain. Repeat that. Weighed in the balances and found wanting. Weighed in the balances. Or found lacking. Found lacking. I have no idea, Brenton. I'm going to say no, that's not what it said. No, that is what it said. That was it the writing on says. the wall. Yeah. It's a, what, the, what the, does the writing that mean? on the wall. Tell me what that means. Weighed in, what, what is it? So yeah. basically the, the Jews were taken captive by these nations. A Babylonian king, he was having this huge party saying, oh, I'm, I'm the greatest of all, and sort of like Nebuchadnezzar, but he was his successor. And he, you know, they were drinking wine out of the, the holy uh, cup from the temple. And on, on that night, God wrote on the wall, it's your time is up. You've been weighed and found lacking. And God judged him for it. He died that night. You were weighed and found lacking. Wow. wow. Yeah, heavy. How about this one? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is in the Bible. <laughs> That's right. Psalm oh, that, 23. That was an easy one. <laughs> it was almost so easy to... that I didn't trust you, Brenton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, how about this? In the beginning was the word. Um, yes. Yeah, that's John one one, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Most of these are just luck, you guys. I mean, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, they're just luck. I'm just. How about this? Godliness is next to cleanliness. That is not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. How about cleanliness is next to godliness? <laughs> the other way around. You got it backwards. Um, but no, it's not. No, nope. nope. Let's see what Hannah has to say. You're in the air, Hannah. Thank you for the call. Hi. Um. Yeah. The other day I called. Called about a story where the nuns needed a spiral staircase to reach their choir loft in their very small church. Okay. And I think it was in the Midwest. And no carpenter seemed to be able to do it, so they prayed and fasted, and a gentleman shows up on a donkey. And I just wondered if your guests had heard of this legend where they no. the, the man who shows up is able to build a spiral staircase with no nails. He brings wood himself, and he soaks it. And so he's able to bend it. And then when it's all completed and working beautifully, they go to pay him and he's he's gone. Hmm. No, not familiar with that one. Okay, I'm going to have to research it. Because, it. It, you know, they, they prayed and fasted. Hmm. And he showed up on a donkey. <laughs> Interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah. praying and fasting is definitely think, something that the Bible talks about as yeah, things that I we should do. Yeah. New Mexico or Arizona circa 1800. Interesting. So I'm I'm gonna look it up because I'm really curious at this point. Good. All right, Hannah. Well, let us let us know what you find out. Um, four seven nine ten eight. What are, is there any modern day uh, interactions with God that you know of, you guys? I don't want to say miracle, but just something that interesting stories like that that you know of. Well, interactions with God. I did all Brent the time. I, yeah, we interact with God every day. But do you mean kind of like bizarre, supernatural kind of experiences like that? Sure, I guess. Or, or um, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's I could probably give some examples, but as as far as you know, a guy showing up on a donkey to build a spiral staircase, I don't know that I've seen or or heard anything quite in that genre. No. There's there's a verse in the Bible that says, "Make sure to entertain strangers or you know foreigners, like be hospitable toward them. For in doing so, some have entertained angels unawares. In other words, angels sometimes appear just like travelers walking through, and if you host strangers." Uh, or you know foreigners, then you might be entertaining an angel. And so there's there's some stories where I heard of like my pastor was in a car accident, oh, no. and he couldn't get his seatbelt off. And uh, someone came really quickly, and he was having a hard time breathing because of the tightness of the seatbelt. He he was in Pacific Grove, mm -hmm. crashed into a tree on the side of Highway 68, and the guy came and um, somehow reached through the door and took the seatbelt off, and then disappeared. And then a minute later, the like. Or a couple minutes later, the ambulance and fire truck showed up, and um, they're like, "How are you? Okay? Like you did not go through the windshield? Like he had? He said I had my seatbelt on, but someone came and took it off. Did you see that man? He must have just like walked away as you were coming." And they said, "No, but it looks like you would have been really squeezed in there if that seatbelt hadn't have been taken off." Wow. So he thinks that's an angel. Yeah, that sure makes sense to me. Let's get to the phone calls, then we could pick up the list on the other side, I guess, of the news break. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, yeah, sounds. Let's fun. see what. Lulu has to say. She's calling from Twin Lakes. You're in the air, Lulu. Hello, Dave Michaels. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Lulu. I'm glad to hear it. I'm wondering if your guest uh, is still Catholic. No, ma'am. No, we are both evangelical Christians. I grew up Catholic. You're evangelical. Uh, yeah, yeah. I left the okay. Catholic Church back when I was in my late teens. But, but yeah, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, but now we are both evangelicals. I'm curious why you ask. 
Well, um, I was just wondering because, um, you know, uh, in Latin America, people go to confession, Catholics, they go to confession. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just thought it was interesting that they would go to confession and then they leave, uh, you know, they would pray three Our Fathers and Hail Marys and then they would oftentimes commit the same sins again, you know, and, and it's like, it's like a, like a forgiving God, you know, you, you sin, but, but then you're, you're forgiven. And I'm just, yeah. if you're evangelical, so do you, do you guys use confession? Do you follow that tradition? No, not in the same way that the Catholic Church does. Oh. And that's actually a really good question yeah, because yeah. one of the big differences and one of the things that I noticed between the difference between evangelicalism and Catholicism is that both, both would agree that Jesus Christ is absolutely necessary for salvation. But most evangelicals would say the sacrifice of Jesus in and of itself is enough. And the Catholics would say that there's, yes, you need the sacrifice of Jesus, but you need to do additional things in order to make God happy with you. And that's what confession and penance is about. As evangelicals, we do believe that we should confess our sins. We should, if we're, we've done wrong, we should confess to that person. Scripture talks about confessing our sins to each other, um, but that is not a way to get saved or a way to stay saved. Um, while in, in Roman Catholicism, in order for there to be cleansing from sin, you need to go to somebody, usually a priest, and confess your sins, and then he gives you penance, which is works that you need to do to make yourself, to get yourself back into God's good graces. But what the Bible said, and this was kind of the linchpin for me, the turning point for me, is it said, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. So we only need to go to Jesus. Thank you for the call, Lulu. We're hanging out with Brenton Powers and Daniel Bodwin. Be sure to check out their mutual website, oacnorcal.org. That's OAC, not the other way. oacnorcal.org. Be sure to check that out. This is KSEO. We'll be right back. Do you ever wonder if you can know the truth? Jesus said you can know the truth and the truth will set you free. So dwell on truth with us. Sunday at 11 a.m. I'm Daniel Bodwin. And I'm Brenton Powers. We're Christians and missionaries. And we'll be answering your commonly asked questions from the Bible about God and humanity and salvation. So join us for the Dwell on Truth show every Sunday from 11 a.m. to noon here on KSCO. Issues and entertainment. That's AM 1080 KSCO. All right, you're listening to AM 1080 KSCO Santa Cruz. If you want to send in a text message, you don't have enough time, or maybe you can't get through on the phone lines, emails can be sent to dm at kseo.com. We're hanging out with Brenton Powers and Daniel Bodwin. Be sure to check out their mutual website, oacnorcal.org. Um, YourSoulMatters.org and DwellOnTruth.org. Also, Dwell on Truth is the name of your podcast, right? Which you can download uh, from podcast service. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Dwell on Truth is very much at every major uh, podcasting platform, so you should be able to find it. Yep. Not hard to find it at all. Is that like on uh, Spotify and iTunes and? Yep. I up. Yep. The original is Podomatic, which is a great site if you ever want to start your own podcast. Wow, for I free. haven't heard that for a long time. Yeah. Podomatic. And then upgrade. There's a lot of episodes going back years, actually. 
Exactly. Because I, I used to have a radio show on Latvian radio for a few years when I was a missionary there. And then I had a, a show here in Salinas on a Christian radio station that mm-hmm. has since sold. So I'm glad to be back on the air again, both on your show live and on our Sunday morning show, pre-recorded and podcasting yeah. and YouTube and all that. Yeah, all we've right. got about three months of content of the two of us together. But yeah, years before that. So, and that's specifically going through the book of John. So hope you hope yeah. your uh, listeners will join us. Yeah, I, I think that's great. You guys, it's a, it's a great show and they're what, an hour long? Yes, or less than an yep. hour long each episode. Yep. It's fantastic. 54 minutes and zero seconds exactly. <laughs> I love it. That I love that kind yep. of talk, Brenton, dude. That's, that's yeah. my kind of talk. All right, let's let's head out to, uh, oh, Scotts Valley. Jeremy's been hanging on. Jeremy, thank you for the call. You're in the air. Hey, Dave and gentlemen. Yes, sir. Hey, the Hi, Jeremy. lady that called in earlier. Yeah, um, the lady that called in earlier about the staircase, that is, I cannot for the life of me remember the church, excuse me, but it is in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right off of the old square in downtown. Um, so it's a staircase that, you know, exactly like she was saying, there was a, a loft, like a choir loft, and they didn't have a staircase up to the loft. Mm. Uh, this guy came into town riding on a donkey, and he built, he said, hey, I heard you need a staircase. He built a freestanding spiral staircase up to their lot without nails, and when it was all through, he disappeared. They So the, the word on the streets is it was actually Joseph, the father of Jesus, who was a carpenter, that came and built that for him. But if you read the inter- intertestamental books, it's kind of funny because, you know, the intertestamentals portray Joseph as not that great of a carpenter. You know, there's there's a thing where he built a, I think it was a, a chair for somebody, but it was too short, or it was a table. It was too short, and Jesus grabbed one end, and he grabbed the other, and Jesus pulled it and stretched it. So it's, it's kind of fun. But I've seen the staircase and it's Mm. amazing. Also, um, architects have made models of this staircase and there's no way they can reproduce it because it's literally freestanding. I mean, you know, if they pulled it away from the choir loft, it would stand on its own. It's it's one of the most amazing pieces of it's unreal, but um, it's in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right off of the main square. And you gentlemen have a wonderful rest of your show. I love you guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks much. 479-1080. That is a fascinating story. Yeah. He, and he brought up the call that we had earlier. I wanted to say something about the woman who called and asked oh, yeah. us about confession. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of the topic for today is Christianese and things that the Bible, words that the Bible uses or even sayings the Bible uses mm-hmm. or people right. think the Bible uses yeah. and doesn't. Um, confession is one of those. Like in the world, uh, you think of confession and you think of like the criminal confessed. Yes, I'm guilty. I murdered the, the person. Um, and that, that that is uh, similar, but conf- the Greek word that's translated confession in the Bible is homo logeo, coming from the word homo for the same, and mm. log- logos or word. Uh. So it basically literally means to say the same thing. So there's a verse in Romans 10 that says, if you believe in your heart that Christ is risen from the dead and you call upon him as Lord, you confess with your lips that he is Lord. In other words, you say the same thing with your mouth as you believe in your heart, then you will be saved. So at nowhere in the scripture does it say you should confess your sins only to a Roman Catholic priest and then go through the penance and orders of duty that he tells you to do to cleanse your 
yourself. Rather, it says, if you believe in Christ and you call him Lord and you ask for him to save you, he will save you. So that's, that's a big difference between Catholics and Christians' understanding of confession. Uh, let's see. We have a few more phone calls, but we I do want to talk with you about, uh, what did you call this? Christianese? Christianese. 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 <laughs> yes. It's like Chinese, but and phrases Christian that, language. Phrases that people think are in the Bible. Now, you, you put emphasis on think. People, phrases that people think are in the Bible. Yes. Uh, is, yeah. there, is there a lot of misconceptions and a lot of misquotings from the Bible? Is that oh, what we're going to be yeah. talking about? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There is. There can, is. Can, you try to guess, Dave. Is this in the Bible or not? Okay, I'm, I'm ready. God helps those who help themselves. That is not in the Bible. You that sure? Not. Yeah, I'm positive. Sure? <laughs> Do you know where it's from? Um, I don't. Sounds like maybe some self-help kind of guy. I don't know. Is it from yes, the Bible? Was act- no, it's not. That's actually from Benjamin Franklin from oh. Poor Richard's Almanac. Mm-hmm. Okay. And ben- Benjamin Franklin, um, although he was an amazing guy, was not a Christian. He was a deist. Mm. So what does meaning, that mean? Well, a deist is generally one that thinks there was a special creator who kind of created everything and set the world spinning and then uh. just kind of sat back and really doesn't interact with it now. Okay. So it's one of those things. Yeah, there's a God out there, but he's not going to really do anything anything or have much to do with us. So we got to do things for ourselves. Therefore, the expression, yeah. And Hmm. that's the idea behind a lot of people's idea of Christianity. But I would say that that's more akin to therapeutic, moralistic deism is the kind of general Christian religion or the Christian God. In God, we trust. But if you ask who is the God that we trust in, you'll get a million different answers. Yeah. I got to get to the phone calls, but how how could you finish off that saying, God helps those who... I believe that scripture teaches God helps those who can't help themselves. Yes. And who call upon his name. Let me look in my Bible and see if it begins that phrase and ends mm. it a different way. God helps yeah. those uh, who help themselves. Uh, certainly God is a source of help for those who trust in him. For those who trust um, in him, right? So the, 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 first mm-hmm. of all, you would have to ask for... For his, well, would you have to ask for his help? Yeah, I, you you do have to ask for for his. Well, I mean, he sometimes does, he helps without yeah. us asking. He just yeah. intervenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scripture says that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So, the, yeah, Hebrews two sixteen says, "For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham." Mm. Um, Romans eight twenty six says, "Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for." us. And then uh, Isaiah 50 verse 9, Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment, like moth will eat them up. And talks about the, the second law of thermodynamics, everything subject to, to decay. But the Lord will help us and he gives us eternal life. Amen. And that's the greatest help that we need from God. And he won't give you eternal life unless you ask for it. Yes. Uh, let's head out to the phone lines and we pick up in La Selva Beach. Jeffrey, you're in the air, Jeffrey. Thank you for the call. Thank you for taking my call. What sure. an excellent show. Um, I got two quick questions. Um, are you guys non-denominational? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, second question. Um, I've studied religion and various religions most of my life, and uh, somebody who I really value and hold in high esteem said words to the effect that we have three guardian angels that watch over us that have been assigned to each person. Have you ever heard anything to that effect? Not the number three, but the idea that we do have guardian angels. Jesus mentioned that you shouldn't cause little children to stumble, or even their angels 
angels in heaven keep watch over them. And mm, yes, and angel and Hebrews chapter one says that men that angels are ministering spirits sent to um, minister to those who are going to inherit salvation. So I think there's protection that happens. I could have gotten a wreck the other day. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty scary. Yeah, angels definitely well, look, exist. Most of the details that people try to share about angels are from extra biblical sources. So we know they are real, but details as far as number and exactly how they operate, we don't always know that. Jesus could have called a myriad of angels, like yes. tens of thousands to mm -hmm. minister to him, but he didn't. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to put out, I'm, okay. I'm almost 71 and I've never in my entire 71 years have I ever prayed and the Lord didn't answer my prayer. I don't pray for money. I don't pray for success or wealth, okay. but all my prayers, every single one of them, he's never let me down one time. Praise oh, God. That's a wonderful, good, great testimony. for you, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thank you for the call, 479-1080. We have a few more phone calls. Do you want to get to them? Let's take all yes. of the ones that we can. Okay, yeah, all right. Let's see sure. who's up next. And remember, if you don't get online now, you can always send an email to, to these guys. What is the email? Is it uh, remind I, me again? I would write to questions at dwellontruth.org. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, to the, yeah, we'll, we'll be monitoring that during the show. Okay. Daniel is calling from Santa Cruz. You're in the air. Yes, hi. Did you say Daniel? Yes, sir. Oh, hi. How are you guys doing? Hey, I think you guys have a fantastic show. Um, I, I was about to call in and, uh, you know, just encourage you folks, you handle the way you handle people is fantastic. Uh, um, you guys are, are, you guys go to looking up words, origins of words, all that information, which is fantastic because you can't dispute facts and thank you so much. Uh, for yeah, what you're, you're doing. welcome. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the encouragement. Do you hear our right, Sunday yeah. show or are you talking about when we're on Dave's show? Well, I, I remember driving once and I heard you guys, I thought you were fantastic. And this was a couple of, maybe about a month and a half, two months ago. And then I heard you today. I don't know that you have a Sunday show. What is that? Tell me about it, please. It's uh, Sunday from 11.06 to 12 noon. We, we uh, It's just Daniel and I, and we are okay. teaching through the Gospel of John, verse by verse, going pretty in-depth, but it's keeping in mind that our audience are probably mostly non-Christians, maybe some new Christians, maybe some people are confused whether they are Christians or not. So yeah, it's you, Sunday morning on KSCO. Okay, so, so let me ask you this. If I wanted to catch that another time, because I'm at church, at that time. Um, Any podcast app. Yeah, just yeah. look for Dwell on Truth with Brenton Powers and it'll Beautiful. show up. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for the call, Daniel. Absolutely. Uh, let's see what Paul has to say. He's calling from Pacific Grove. You're in the air, sir. Hello, Paul. Yeah, what burns. Hi, hi, guys. Uh, great show. Uh, what Thanks. burns me up is uh, non-believers. Uh, I run into a lot of uh, uh, non-believers because they don't want to follow the rules. Not the rules, but do the right thing. And, 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 and they have guilty consciences. And it, so they make up their own rules to make themselves feel better. And, of course, you make up your own rule. You have chaos because, uh, you, you know, you got to live with people. And, uh, and I know a lot of people that look over their shoulders because they didn't do the right Right thing, and it's just that's not the way to live. And I think that's the non-believers uh, uh, call me crazy, but that's what I think. No, I'm not going to well, call you crazy, Paul. No, thank, thank you for the call. <laughs> That's a very sane uh, way to look at things because a lot of people go crazy when they don't find relief for their guilty conscience. Yes, indeed. They end up hurting themselves or just going in a mental downward spiral. And and I know lots of people that have been rescued out of that uh, trap of feeling so guilty that you maybe are suicidal or you turn to drugs or to sex or to rock and roll, which <laughs> I like rock and roll personally, but I rock for Jesus. So you, But what doesn't save you is substances 
is and just trying to justify yourself by making up a lower standard. God's standard is is high, but when Christ comes into our life, he cleanses us uh, cleanses us from all sin. One of my favorite verses since we talked about confession earlier, mm-hmm. it's 1 John 1, 9, which says, if we confess our sins, yes. and I think it's speaking to God directly, if we confess our sins to God, then he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, us from yeah. all unrighteousness. It's such a great verse. And I, I wish non-Christians had just had a taste of what it felt like to have a clean conscience, to know all your sins are washed away. Yes. Oh, there's a lot of songs written about it. Oh, happy day. That would be yeah. fantastic. That would be a great feeling. You guys, we got a break for news. Um, so if you're online, just just hang in there. If you're on the phones, just hang in there. We'll keep the break short, as short as we can. We'll be back on the other side. This is KSEO Santa Cruz. We're hanging out today with Brenton Powers and Daniel Bodwin. Be sure to check out their mutual website. They both share this website, oacnorcal.org, to find out more. Check out their podcast. Podcast, dwell on truth on any of your podcast uh, servers. That would be Podbean, I, I'm assuming iTunes and Spotify, all those places. Mm-hmm. Dwell on truth and you can find archives of their show. Thanks for listening to AM 1080 KSCO. Listening to AM 1080 KSEO Santa Cruz. The phone lines are filling up, but there's still plenty of room if you want to get on board. All right, let's get out to the phone lines. Um, boy, yes, we got to get to these phone lines. Richard is up next. You're in the air, Richard. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jets. Uh, I hear you every Hi, Sunday before you go on the air. And cool. Uh, were, hello. Yeah, we yes, can hear. We hear you. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys are ever gonna uh, do a program like from the station or something where you're taking phone calls. You know, this is the time that we do that, and it's typically once a month. Currently, our technology isn't set up. We record yeah. it in the studio in my in Salinas, and yeah. then send it in all so produced. That during the week, could probably be summed up on your program on Sundays. Yeah, and then yeah. People well, call up and ask you questions. You guys just know where to go and find the answers, right? Yeah, all not right. always, but yeah. we 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 look to the Bible and we know it pretty well. But if you want a live interaction with us during the week, I go to the Monterey Wharf every Saturday from 1 till 6 yeah. and you can see us and hear us live and participate so rather than being on the radio we're out amongst the community yeah who knows maybe in the future God will give us more opportunities for this kind of interaction but yeah so on the Flight 1080 show is great and yeah come on join us on the street alright well thanks a lot thank you Richard thanks so much let's see what Flinks has to say you're in the air Flinks thank you for the call hey I was wondering if do you guys do open prayer like if someone asks you to pray for them or pray for because I think that a lot of that's going on right now, because people are afraid, and regardless of their religion, like you could be Catholic and they could come to you and say, hey, I need your prayer. Or someone could be Jewish and say, yeah. hey, can you give me my prayer? Can you pray for me? Can you pray despite despite the nuances and the differences that you have with other groups of people that are religious? And I told this whole vaccine thing has a lot of people scared. Like you could be afraid of the vaccine and the virus, can't you? I mean, I'm afraid of the virus and I'm yeah. afraid of the vaccine. I'm there's things that you can be afraid of. If yeah. someone comes up to you when you guys, like when you're on the street, if they say, hey, can you pray for me? Do you say a prayer with them? Or Absolutely. is that kind of not, or do you say a prayer later? We do. Or how do you guys pray is my question. Yeah. Well, okay. can I pray for you? I could I could demonstrate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. If you, could, okay. yeah, if you could pray for, actually pray for everybody. Pray for the people that are struggling with the virus and the vaccine. They're afraid of both mm-hmm. things. That's what I would love to have okay. everybody prayed for that's struggling with this. Oh, yeah. And it, the simple answer, 
like Brenton okay. was saying, is yeah, absolutely, we will pray with anyone. We yeah. absolutely will lift them up in prayer. Yeah, we do. When I'm out in the streets, I do carry a sign that says, um, do you need prayer? Mm -hmm. And the first time I wrote that on my whiteboard, <laughs> before I can even write the question mark, I had a line behind me of people saying, <laughs> yeah, pray for yeah. me. And so that's, I love to do right. that. Um, and the Bible says, okay. uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, and that could be speaking of all kinds of healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. You know, if someone has contracted COVID, then we pray for them for, the, for a quick re recovery. We sometimes pray that God would guide the right. doctor's hands who are doing surgery. You know, mm -hmm. we don't always believe that healing has to be supernatural. He's given us bodies that can heal themselves. But yeah, uh, let me tell one quick story and then I'll pray. Thank you uh, for the call, Flinks. And we, I know we have, probably have calls, so we I'll do. try to make it quick. Okay. Um, one day, that day that I wrote the sign, do you need prayer? I, I first prayed for someone who had zero fear of the vaccine, but they were deathly afraid of the government controlling their lives. And then I prayed for somebody who wasn't afraid of the government controlling their lives, but they were so like double masked. They were afraid of the vaccine and just like ventured out of the house for the first time. So I prayed for both of them individually that God would help them overcome their fears. And what, and does, this, pray, what does a prayer sound like? Well, I'll just pray right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we can come to you when we fear. And your word says, fear not for I am with you. So I pray for those who are fearing either the vaccine or the virus or the control. I pray that you would dispel all fear and that you would help people to learn to trust in you because faith and fear are, are not, uh, are, are, don't go together. So increase faith and decrease fear and help us to um, have wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So teach us wisdom. And I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, head out to okay. Pacific Grove and pick up Randall. You're in the air, Randall. Hello. Uh, the last saying the very last thing that Jesus said before he died on the cross. Which do you think it is? Well, I was I was asking you if you knew what it was, because I know what it is. It's, uh -huh. It is finished. And then um, that's my... Do uh, you agree with that? It could be. It, there, we have uh, we can harmonize the Gospels, but it seems mm -hmm. like it, it was either that or into your hands I commit my spirit. Yeah. And then he gave up the ghost. That was the last right. couple of statements. And then, uh, uh, okay, then my, I have two more questions. Uh, what is, in your opinion, the book of Enoch? Actually, Enoch is in Genesis, but what is Enoch exactly in, in your interpretation? I think it's an apocryphal book that took some phrases that were passed down verbally from the original Enoch, but then also mixed with a bunch of, um, of, of tradition and, and what do you call it? Um, myth. Yeah. So uh, the book of Enoch so is not Enoch, written by Enoch the original in, Enoch, but the book of Jude okay, quotes so Enoch, from Enoch. Is, Enoch. Yes. What? It's a, so Enoch is not an intercessor between man, God, and the devil. No, I'm trying to get no. Adam and Eve to this. Right. Okay. And then my third one is like, now I know there's profound miracles, the virgin birth, the resurrection, things like that. But from, from, from a physical standpoint, I got to say that if uh, Jesus was born a virgin birth, he'd have to be a female because Mary didn't have any Y chromosomes. Yeah, but couldn't God have created some of them? I mean, he created mm -hmm. Jesus in the womb of Mary. You know, creating the right chromosomes well, for him would not be a very far stretch. Mm -hmm. He spoke everything in the universe into, he spoke the universe into existence. He wasn't a clone of Mary. Offspring. It, it's, he was it's, very, it's, it's very likely that Jesus could have been a woman, though. And they just mistook no, him as a man. No, because scripture is very clear that he was a man. 
they circumcised him on the eighth day, so know, I'm pretty sure he was is. a woman. I know I mean, it a is. Man, male. But there really isn't any physical evidence that it was a male because he never had children. There's historical evidence. And we're we're going to have to pick that up on the other side, Randall, because we are late for a break. But thank you for the call, 479-1080. We could talk about the existence of Jesus on the other side of the break, or we can talk about the list of biblical words that we still use today or um, people... Uh, Write in your questions to questions that dwell on truth because... Dave, are you going to be there for the next half hour? I am going to be here for the next 15 minutes or so, and then I'm, and okay. then I'm going to leave it okay. in your guys' hands. But, uh, cool. I'll be here we for another it. 15 minutes. Keep it tuned in. This is KSEO Santa Cruz. We've got headlines coming up next. If someone should ask, tell them. You heard it on AM 1080. KSEO. Listening to AM 1080 KSEO Santa Cruz 540 is a time. We're hanging out with Brenton Powers and Daniel Bodwin uh, for the rest of the hour. At six o'clock, we'll be joining Michael Harrison with the Michael Harrison Rap. But uh, we are here today with Brenton Powers and Daniel Bodwin. Welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you. It's good Thank to be you, back. Sir. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what are we talking about next? We have oh, about ten minutes. I'm here with you guys, and you're going to take on the last ten minutes of the show. Well, are there any calls? Those always come uh, call, first. Calls are not... Uh, we don't have any calls right now. Let me check our text messages here. Uh, yeah, someone says my inbox. Nothing. Okay, someone says, do you speak in tongues? What is your inbox again anyways, Brenton? Uh, questions at dwellontruth.org. Questions or they can at write dwelontruth.org. Yeah, let's okay. just stick with that one. Yeah, well, stick with that one. Okay. Questions at dwellontruth.org. If you have any questions for us to answer in the next 20 minutes while we're on the air, and mm-hmm. um, do we speak in tongues? Yes. yes, speaking, maybe we should explain so, what that is a little bit okay. first. Yeah. Right. Tongue, yeah. Just real briefly, tongues is a unknown language. Well, it's, it's a known language to it somebody. It can be both. But, yeah. it's, but the person speaking it didn't learn it. It's a supernatural gift given by God. And it first shows up in the book of Acts chapter 2, where you've got all these Jewish believers from all over the known world speaking different languages, but they were all in Jerusalem for the Passover, which yeah. is this huge festival and all the men all Jewish men are expected to attend, or they were at that time. Uh And then suddenly everybody started speaking and preaching and glorifying God in in languages. And no matter what the native language of the person listening was, they could understand what was being said. So they were asking, well, how how can all of these people be speaking? And we all hear them in our own languages. And in modern day, there is debate among Christians as to whether this gift still operates in the same way. And, uh, so my answer would be, do I speak in tongues? No, I do not. Um, do I believe that it's it's something that can happen today? Yeah, I believe it's something that, a, a way that God can choose to work. I have spoken in tongues. I don't regularly speak in tongues. Uh, Bible says when you speak in tongues, you're praying, uh, but your mind is unfruitful. So mm-hmm. Paul's conclusion is when I'm with the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words than, teach, than, yeah. a, than a thousand words in a tongue if there's no one to interpret. 
Amen. So there's a spiritual gift that couples well with the gift of tongues. It's the interpretation of tongues. And God's given me that gift in the past in Ukraine. When uh, people in our church spoke in tongues, I was one of the interpreters. And I didn't know the language, but God gave me the, the meaning of the, the utterance. And it was always a beautiful prayer. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with the people that spoke the thing in tongues. But usually it's an unknown language and you build yourself up who, who speak it. But not everyone, not every Christian speaks it. Mm -hmm. There are those out there that are, I believe it's a heresy that say you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is like oneness Pentecostals. They'll That's their first question. Do you speak in tongues? Yeah. And were you baptized in Jesus' name? And that's their that's their litmus text. Yeah. But the Bible says, do all speak in tongues? And the answer implied is no. Yeah. Do right. all prophesy? Do all work miracles? Everyone has different gifts. All right, gentlemen, do you have something that you guys uh, would like to discuss amongst yourselves? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I'm, I'm prepared to tell my story. People often ask, how did you become a Christian and has your life changed since then? Okay. So that, that's a little bit of a lengthy story, but I think it's rather exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going silent for the next 15 minutes, you guys. So, um, all right. All right. Break all right. God bless you. Thank you. Thank thanks, you, Dave. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for having us on. You got really it. Appreciate it. Yeah, but Dan wanted to explain what is a yeah. test. Well, we call it a testimony. That's also Christianese. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> there really is Christianese. I didn't think about that. But yeah, sometimes Christians will talk about um, giving your testimony. And, and it's not only Christians. It's some other groups, too. That's something that you hear from, from Mormons a lot as well. Um, but when a Christian talks about giving a testimony, it's basically talking about the story of how they came to know Jesus. A lot of the time, that includes, you know, where they came from before, what their previous, you know, religious beliefs were, if any, um, how they were introduced to the idea of Christianity, how they were introduced to Jesus, what happened in that process, and the uh, the changes that that God made in their lives when they came to trust in Him, and it's it. It's a powerful thing because when uh, when somebody comes to Christ, when somebody is the, the phrase is often used, "born again." There's some more Christianese. Um, it means that there is a we receive a new spiritual life. There's something supernatural that happens in us that changes us to be more like Jesus and to love God and to desire to serve Him. And so it's it's unique for each Christian, for each person. And uh, Brenton and I have talked about his testimony. Testimony of his and a number of times because it's it's pretty it's pretty powerful. So would you like to share yeah, with us? I'd be happy to. Yeah. So testimony, another word for it, you could say, is bearing witness. Yes. You're testifying about what you know and what has happened to you. So I'm happy to do this publicly because God has changed my life pretty radically. In fact, before I was a Christian, I was I can relate to a lot of our callers who are uh, more atheist leaning or uh, biblically illiterate. Not I. I had not read the Bible. As I said earlier, I only knew John 3.16 because I had heard that when I was seven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish. So I think that verse for me, it was it was a seed that was planted, but I didn't see any fruit come from that. And there's more Christianese. Fruit is the product of, of a seed. And the seed is, Jesus told the parable of the four kinds of soil. Soil is the heart. The seed is the word of God that gets planted in people's hearts. And when you receive God's word, it begins to grow new a new life in you. And you 
you, as a consequence, will bear good fruit. There will be a good, there will be evidence in your life of a changed life if you've truly received the word of God. Um, and God's word is powerful, the Bible said. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to penetrate and, and do surgery, basically, on your heart. And I desperately needed that. So I'm going to share my testimony in three parts. The first part is before Christ saved me. So like I said, I was seven years old and I knew I needed to be saved, but I thought the way of salvation was just to repeat the sinner's prayer. And I, I did that. And the person who, who, who I repeated it after told me, if you said that prayer, then Jesus came into your heart and he'll never leave and you have eternal life and you don't have to worry about going to hell. Yeah, that's such an important point to highlight there, really. The idea that, you know, so, uh, there's so many people that think that, hey, I've said my prayer, I have my fire insurance, everything is good. But you experienced something very different than that. Yeah, I mean, I did feel guilty when I used bad words as a seven and eight, nine-year-old. And I tried to change, but I didn't have any power to change. I knew right and wrong, and I thought I was a Christian. But I grew up, like I said, in Santa Cruz, at going to secular schools, just the public school system. And I didn't go to church very often, except for when I visited my grandparents. So I kind of thought, well, being religious is for the elderly, those who are <laughs> just about to die. And they're, you know, they're preparing for where they're going to go. But I have my whole life ahead of me, if it's true. And I wasn't totally convinced that it was true. But I, I thought, if it's true, then I should say the prayer. I should, yeah. uh, you know, every when I was beginning to worry about where I would go after I die, because I was living in sin from age seven until 17. Unrepentant sin, that is. And that word repentance is more Christianese, but it means a change yeah. of mind, a change of direction, and a change of heart. Um, so I was living in sin, just like all my other friends were, you know, pursuing pleasure and, you know, getting in trouble. I, I was a pretty good kid compared to my sister. Like I didn't get kicked out of school <laughs> or um, I didn't use drugs as much as her. But you're or, still just doing what you want to. Basically, I, I right? drank in, in high school. Yeah. You know, I stole some stole some things in middle school. I was pursuing unrighteous relationships with mm. girls. Thankfully, I wasn't very successful at it because <laughs> um, that would have scarred me more than what, what happened did. Oh, yeah. You know, God created sex for, and if you have kids in the car, you might want to turn it down for a second for for a husband and wife relationship because when the two come together they become one and i thought of it just as a way of 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 pursuing pleasure and happiness but i you know i grew up in a family that was kind of wishy-washy about that like i asked my parents hey what do you think should i wait till i'm married and my mom who professed to be a christian said just make sure you love her and man i think failures in my family's past it just kind of perpetuates and i i just was like okay i don't see anyone really living according to the Bible. So I didn't think it was realistic mm. until I was 17. And then I did meet some teenagers my own age in school. And this is when I think I met Christ is when someone was sharing the gospel. It was a girl across from me in art class. And uh, she she was sharing with her neighbor, a friend of hers, saying that Jesus is the reason we're here. He's our creator. And so he has a purpose for our lives. And so when we're living for our, any other purpose than for him, for his glory, to please him and to follow him as disciples, um, then we're missing it. We're missing the mark. We're missing the target. And we're we're going to be frustrated, unsatisfied, unhappy. And that described my life. Although I said I believed in Jesus, I did not really believe in Jesus. I didn't follow him like like she did. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty radical is what I was thinking. The girl next to me was a witch and she was getting very perturbed. Like she was into Wicca. She's like, oh, I hate those Christians. Why do they have to talk about this? This is a public school. And, and she said to 
me and I'm like, well, I'm kind of a Christian, but not that kind. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what kind of Christian I am or even if I am, mm. but um, I was a John 3.16 only kind of Christian. Yeah. And so I needed her to come across the around the table after the class and she said, I heard you say you're a Christian too? Really? <laughs> and I, I was... <laughs> that's uh, not the kind of reaction no, you want to hear. That, no. That's kind of shameful <laughs> when uh, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before my father. It's a scary yeah. thing. But I wasn't denying him with my words. I was denying him with my lifestyle. Oh yeah, I've been there as well. Yeah. And that hypocrisy is what turned uh, turns a lot of people off from Christianity. So I felt really bad about that. Um, and then God spoke to me, long story short, because time is short. Um, I went to a youth conference in San Jose and there was a speaker presenting, you know, think about what is keeping you from uh, following Jesus. If that's what life is all about and you've made it about something else, yourself or your your musical style. And that really hit home because I was a drummer in a metal band. We played heavy metal, yeah. Metallica covers. There you go. Am I evil? Yes, I am. That, <laughs> that was one of our favorite songs. Um, so I, I was rocking out to that while at the same time, like God was drawing me to himself. And I realized that I needed to give up certain things that had become an idol. And for me, it was that I ended up burning those CDs, Metallica and some of those anti-Christian songs that were really keeping me, they were lying to me. I was lying to myself and I repented that day and I put my full faith in Jesus that he, yes, same gospel of, of John 3, 16, but it goes further than that, that you will not perish, but have eternal life. And that life doesn't just start after you die and get into heaven. It starts now. Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life that you may know the only true God and Jesus Christ who he has sent. Amen. So God gave me a purpose to know him and to glorify him. And I know this sounds radical to a lot of nominal Christians, which is what I was. I was mm -hmm. nominal. Like I thought I had the bare minimum I needed to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth. There you go. Um, but um, I missed it, I think, by, by 18 inches. The gospel had touched my head, but it didn't get down to my heart until that day that I was willing to repent of my sin and trust in Christ because he was drawing me to himself. And ultimately, that changed my life. He changed my life. Jesus is alive. And when I received this cleansing, my conscience was clear and my life had purpose. And that was the happiest day of my life up to that point. I've had many happier days ever since. But when you start to turn over areas of your life to God to control and you trust that he has a better plan for you than you had for yourself, there's so much peace in that. Yes. And then it's just been an adventure for the last 25 years ever since. We only have a couple more minutes to end the show, but in those last 25 years, I God changed my heart to love people like never before. People who are different from me. So I became a missionary, went to Austria, to Bible college, went on a trip to Romania, got excited about sharing the good news with people who had never heard it before in Eastern Europe. And then my wife and I got married and we moved to Ukraine for three years and Latvia for six years and Hungary for two years. And I grew in my knowledge of God because the purpose of my life has been to know God and to make him known. That's it. There's a great joy in introducing him to others. And so I would love for anyone listening to this today to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And you can do that when you trust that he died for your sins, he rose from the dead, 
dead, and he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, which means a place of power and authority. He can forgive you. He can give you a new heart and a new life, and he can change you forever. And it starts right now. It could start for you today if you would just repent and trust in Christ. Repent means change your mind about the direction you're going. And so with one more minute to spare, Dan, do you want to wrap things up? Is there anything I missed as far as what the gospel message is people need to know to no, be saved? No, I think, I think you were pretty thorough. I mean, that's, that, that is the key, my friends, to, to be born again, to have your heart and your mind and your life changed by God. So once again, we encourage you to today, while God has given you time, turn from your sins and turn to the Savior, turn to Christ and live. Um, I just want to say thank you again to Dave for allowing us yes. to be on today. And if you want to find out more of what it means to be born again to know God, please listen to the Dwell on Truth show Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. or go ahead and reach out to us on oacnorcal.org.